Amen. Thank you, Miss Linda. Wonderful song. Praise the Lord. Thank God for that blood. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5 in your Bibles, please, tonight. The book of Matthew and chapter number 5. Uh, Lord's been good to me, and thank the Lord. Uh, I walked a little today, not by choice, but my wife drug me through two stores. <laughs> and um, so... Uh, I'm just trying to pick my energy up. The, I haven't been walking a lot, you know, over this past month. And so I, I, I just feel kind of puny and weak, you know. So just trying to build that back up a little bit. But uh, so it, it makes me feel a little tired, but I, I'm okay. Amen. And uh, doing good and uh, just regaining some strength. That's where I'm at. So I appreciate your prayers uh, for me and thank God for you. Tonight, Matthew chapter number 5, we're going to begin with verse 38 in this passage of Scripture. And I'm going to speak to you on the subject, what is spiritual maturity? What is spiritual maturity? What does it mean to be spiritually mature? And uh, we're going to look at that thought, that subject tonight, see what God says in His Word. Matthew 5, verse number 38 is where we're going to begin Follow along tonight. How many brought your King James Bible with you tonight? You're holding in your hand the word of the ever-living God. It'll never fail, never falter. That book that you hold in your hand will never be stomped out. Amen. Thank God we've got a perfect, eternal, perpetual word of God. Thank God he gave it to us. So let's begin verse 38 tonight. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain or two miles. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect. As your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the Bible tonight. And thank you for some time set aside when we can come into your house, Lord, and uh, learn thy word. God, I pray you'd be rich to us tonight. I pray that you would meet every need. No doubt some are tired from work today. But Lord, thy word is the refreshing waters for our soul. And so I pray that, Lord, tonight you just come meet with us in a in a wonderful way. Encourage us, teach us thy word tonight, and, and Lord, propel us in our hearts and in our soul to follow 
Lord, exactly what you're trying to say to us. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, <clears throat> spiritual maturity, what is it? If I were to ask you, and I'm asking a Wednesday night crowd, on a scale from 1 to 10, how much, what number would be the number of your spiritual maturity? Think about that for a minute. Now, that's really a trick question. Because we may not know exactly what it is in order to put the exact number down, right? So we got to know what it is in order to know what level of spiritual maturity. Because I'll promise you, in your mind and in my mind, on a Wednesday night crowd, we all have an idea of what it means to be spiritually mature. I'll bet you have an idea. I bet when we come to this understanding of uh, spiritually mature, uh, some of you may think of, well, a missionary. They've given their life to God and they're surrendered to God. And, and, and the truth is, is that they may be spiritually mature, but just because they're missionary does not mean they fit the Bible criteria of spiritual maturity. Uh, perhaps some of us would think a spiritual person would be somebody who would... Uh, uh, just just uh, a non-hateful person, a person who doesn't hate anybody. Uh, maybe you think a spiritual person is uh, somebody who, uh, boy, they're at church an hour early, and they stay an hour late, amen. And, uh, man, they're soul winning there at all. They do all, the, man, they're just faithful. I, I, I'll bet some of you have that in mind as to what spiritual maturity is. And now I'm not saying that those things are not spiritual maturity. But Jesus in this passage, and by the way, did you notice that every word we read tonight was the very words of Jesus? And the very words that he gave us are his exact words of what it means. And the whole passage is really talking about spiritual maturity. Now look at the last verse. The last verse is really a uh, a summation. It, it, it's the, the clincher sentence, if you will. It's the final statement that sums up the, the first, these 10 verses. And notice what it says here, verse 48. He said, Be ye therefore perfect as your Father in heaven, which is perfect. Now, the word perfect there is the word mature or spiritually grown in the Lord. Uh, nobody's going to be perfect in the definition that you and I think of perfection. Is there anybody perfect here tonight? All right, so I know I'm speaking to the right crowd. <laughs> By the way, put my hand down too. I, follow, I fall in that category also, all right? So nobody's perfect. Now, the Lord is saying here, be perfect. Now, let me tell you something. That is not, that is not a request. God isn't requesting us. He's not, and God didn't even say grow to perfection. He said just be it. Now what he said? Well now preacher, I, spiritual maturity is a matter of obedience more than it's a matter of growth. Did you catch that? You say, well I'm at preacher, I've been in church for 30 years and 
I, 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 I still don't. I still don't read my Bible. I still don't do things I know I should. Uh, can, I, can I kindly tell you that the problem is not spiritual growth. The problem isn't that you're not growth. The problem is that you're not obedient. It's obedience. God said, be ye therefore perfect. Be ye mature. He said, grow up. Quit being a baby. Um, <clears throat> How many of your, 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 your mothers understand this when a child is uh, uh, getting ready to get on an age where they're uh, being weaned and, and, and that child is, has reached a point where they got, sometimes you got to force them. Sometimes you got to push them a little bit, right? Uh, to, to cause them to grow. Uh, and, and I think in, in part of what God is saying is, is it's time to grow up. The things that we used to hold on to are things we should be giving up. They're not things that we should be in our life. God commanded this. You see that? You see the difference between growing and obeying? Now, we're commanded to do both. We're commanded to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. But there are some things that we do just because God said it. God said, do this. Yeah. You know, it's like the saying I saw one time. It said, that, you know, the Ten Commandments are not the Ten Requests. Uh, they're, they're, they're commands of God, aren't they? And I think if we feel this way about growing in the Lord, I believe um, that we'll become more mature. Now, let me give you the platform. Take your Bible and go to Philippians chapter 3 with me. Book of Philippians chapter 3. Now, don't lose me early. Philippians chapter number 3, and, and we're going to look at the platform of maturity. What is it that will cause a person to have the kind of maturity that Matthew's talking about in chapter 5? All right, notice Philippians chapter 3, verse number 15. Actually, verse number 14 to get the context. Now, here's a familiar verse. The Apostle Paul is talking about his call. And notice he says, I press toward the mark, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus. Paul's saying, all right, I'm pressing to the mark. I am, I'm not lax in the, uh, in, in, in the zeal of my calling. I'm not lax in that. He said, I'm pressing toward that. I am, I'm, I'm pushing onward. It's the it's this uh, idea that I, I cannot go back. I'm pressing forward for the Lord. Now, within that context comes the next verse, and it talks about maturity. So look at verse 15. He said, let us therefore as many as be, what? Perfect. That word perfect is the same word in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. It's the same word. It means spiritually growth. Okay, so now notice what it says. Let us therefore, as many as be mature, be thus minded. Now, I want to make a point about here, about being mature. That is that there has to be a mindset that a Christian has if they're going to be spiritually mature. There has to be a mindset. A mindset has to be 
I am going to do what God tells me to do. I'm going to obey God. And that mindset, stay with me, that mindset does not allow me to be distracted by anything else or anyone else. I have a mind set on obeying God. Now, this means Paul, as he was pressing in on the will of God, as he was as he was pressing, so to speak, to do God's will, he ran into obstacles, didn't he? He ran into roadblocks. Boy, the Bible tells us he spent a day and night in the deep, and, and um, he was stoned and, and beaten. But he had his mind set he was going to do the will of God. And it didn't matter what uh, turmoil or what trouble came up, the mind was set. I'll tell you something. If you can just get your mind set. If every Christian in this world could just get their mind set, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I'm not going to worry about what the world thinks. I'm not going to worry about people. You know what the world thinks ought to just roll off us like water off a duck's back. Because our mindset should not be to please the world. That's the distraction that takes the mind away from growing and being mature. The mindset of God's people ought to be, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what's right. Um, I'm saying in every avenue of life, we have to have a mindset, I'm going to do the right thing. Now, that is not just growth, that's obedience. That's obedience. Spiritual maturity is when we come to this place where we say, God... I don't want to be distracted in my mind from anything or anyone else. I'm just going to serve you, and I really don't care what anyone else thinks. Can I tell you what? I think, I think if young people can get a hold of this, the temptations of the world will not be important. The, the temptations that are out there. You know, there's, there are so many more strange temptations and weird temptations than when many of us grew up for these young people. But I want to tell you something. The answer to all of the troubles and the temptations that we go through is simple obedience. Be ye therefore mature. That means having your mind set on pushing through whatever it is you have to push through to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now look at the rest of the verse, and then we'll go back to Matthew. Verse 15. He said, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Now notice, and if anything, ye be otherwise minded, God will reveal this to you. Now, he's saying, all right, you got your mind set. You're going to serve God. Something comes and distracts you in your mind. It, it, he uses it, 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 the word otherwise, otherwise. He said, God will speak to you about that. God will speak to you about that. God will work on you. God will remind us when our mind is not set. God will remind us. 
And, and I believe that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit works on us. Boy, the mind drifts. Does your mind ever drift? Mind ever daydream? Yeah. Gets worse as you get old. Amen? But, but when that mind is not... And, and you know, David made this statement in Psalm 57. He said, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I think what he's saying is, I don't, I, I'm, not folk, I'm not listening to any distractions. I'm not otherwise minded. I'm going to please the Lord with my life. I'm going to live for the Lord. And I really don't care what the world thinks. You know, that's a wonderful place to be in your life is when you've sold out to God and you're not otherwise minded by the world or what goes on in this world. Hey, I want to tell you something. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shore, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And I say, I say that tonight, but I, I want to bring as many as I can to heaven with me. And, and if we're going to do that, we can't be otherwise minded. Now, this is, I'm, I'm giving you this because this is the platform of spiritual maturity. And I think this is what pushed the Apostle Paul through all the problems that he faced in serving the Lord. How would you like to go out and hand out tracts this Saturday and a group of people in that neighborhood gather together and say, we're going to go stone that guy? Think about it. How would you like to be... Uh, uh, stuck on an island. You're shipwrecked and you're serving. Paul said, I'm not going to let that distract me. I'm not going to let it get me. I'm not going to let it affect me. He said, I've got this thing in my mind where I'm not going to be otherwise minded. There's no distraction that's going to cause me to get away from, from God. Now, that's the platform of spiritual maturity. Perfect-minded, spiritually mature-minded. A mind that says, oh, that's a trap. I'm going God's way. Years ago, my youth pastor was, um, we were at a preacher's conference, and we were going to lunch, but we had to walk. And um, I could walk better back then than I can today. <laughs> Amen? He said, uh, he said, walk. As we were walking, we are going to some cheap restaurant down the street. And I'm just like a 16-year-old kid. And we're walking down the street, and he said, come on, let's cross the street. Okay. We crossed the street, went over, started walking on the sidewalk. Went down about half a block. He said, let's cross back. Why did you cross me across the street, go down a half a block, cross back over you know why because there was a filthy movie house that was right on that block he saw it ahead he said let's cross over let's go over him now can i tell you what that is that's spiritual maturity because that is this awareness that we must not be otherwise minded in our service for the lord all right that's the introduction are you with me Okay, now let's go back to 
Hebrews, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew chapter number five. And let's look at what Jesus says. All right, verse number 39. Notice he says, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn him the other also. Now, when he says here, um, resist not evil, he's not saying it's okay to go ahead and accept evil. Because he connects it with the colon on the next thought. And look at what it says. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, what is he trying to say here? I, I believe it's saying that it means a spiritually per mature person cannot be baited to be hateful to someone who mistreats you. Let me say that again. A spiritually mature person cannot be baited to be hateful at someone who mistreats you. And, and where this platform begins is in the mind. It says, all right, that person is mistreating me. Maybe they're just trying to goad me to allow the flesh to come out. Uh, or maybe the devil sent them in, our, in my path to, um, to tempt me. You know, the devil does that. The devil can do that. And, and maybe, the, maybe this temptation is all about me losing or being distracted in my mind from being what God would want me to be. So, you know, one of the best ways to have an enemy uh, or to, to make an enemy your friend is to be a blessing to your enemy. Wouldn't it be good if we could take our enemies and make them friends? That's spiritual maturity. That's spiritual maturity. And this is what the Lord is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us. You first of all got to get in your mind that you're going to serve the Lord. And, and, and all other distractions are simply things that are going to take us away in our mind from serving the Lord like we should. Now that doesn't mean God doesn't want us to have any fun. Amen? Come to my house with my mother-in-law and you'll see fun. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Amen? Uh, you get her together with my wife and the girls. Oh man, it's fun. It's noisy, but it's fun. Uh, now, you can have fun, still keep your mind on the Lord. Do you know that? You can, you can work in the workplace and do that job that you should do the best of your ability. And by the way, when you're in the workplace, you do it for the Lord, not just the boss. Amen? You do that job for the Lord, not just the boss. And, and you want both to be pleased. Amen? Um, uh, but he's saying here, don't allow anyone or anything to bait you to losing the mindset that you have that you are going to serve the Lord. So he said here, all right, if somebody smites you on the right cheek, give them the other one also. Now, I, I wanted to use this as an illustration. Only one person got it. I wanted to use this as an illustration. Cooper's here. I can use this as an illustration. Amen. Smite thee on the cheek, on the right cheek. And Cooper would graciously hold out his left cheek. <laughs> Amen. Uh, that's spiritual maturity. 
Amen. But you notice, notice, to resist this temptation, it has to cause our mind to be able to, our mind has to be right. You see that? So spiritual maturity is the platform of doing right from the mind, knowing that the old devil just might be trying to bait us. So if somebody smites you on the right cheek, turn to him the left. You know, when Jesus stood before Caiaphas, he said, I find no fault in this man. And Jesus didn't even have to defend himself. He demonstrated that he was going to keep his mind on the Father's will, even if it meant going to the agony of the cross. So this is the platform, and this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. And in this world, we cannot afford to be baited by things or people who mistreat us. You know what you all do? Just give them to God. Just give them to God. Because I'll promise you in life, somebody's going to mistreat you. Amen? All right, now look at verse number 41. He talks about another subject here. Verse, I'm sorry, verse 40 and verse 42. Notice he says again here, And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Now, I used to wear two coats in the Bible today, a thin coat, a cloak, which was under a heavier coat. And, and, and the Bible says, all right, now somebody sues you. Uh, by the way, let me stop right here. Did you know that it's wrong for a Christian to take another Christian to court? I think if we had this right mindset that the Lord Jesus is teaching us here, I think if we had that, we'd avoid a lot of these kind of things. Uh, but it's, it's wrong to take a Christian to court. It's better in the eyes of God that we be the humble one and lose a material possession rather than to gain the material possession and lose the maturity that God is trying to give us in our life. Because it's not a good trade-off. And notice he, he hits this. And, I, and, and the point I want to make on this verse is that the loss of material possessions uh, should not bait us to take our mind off of God. You know, I've heard preachers, I've heard charismatic preachers and, and different ones get up and say, now if you're, if you're right with God, God will make you rich. God will make you rich. I saw a man on the TV, God will make you rich. Really? The Apostle Paul, was he rich? Were any of the disciples rolling in money? No, I'll tell you where they were rich. They were rich in that they were spiritually mature and that they were serving the Lord no matter what happened in their life because their mind was set on it. Their mind was set. And material possessions were not as valuable to them. You know, we, Jesus told the disciples, you know, when you go out, he said to, uh, just, you, you don't need a lot of things, carry neither purse nor script. You don't need a lot of things, just go. <laughs> and, you know, in this world, we can't live without our stuff. But our problem, you know, our problem with this is, is that this 
material possessions can be a distraction from us obeying what God is trying to teach us about spiritual maturity. God's saying, don't let anything or anyone distract us from this mind that Christ had. And, and doesn't it say and remind us in Philippians 4, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who uh, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of, the ser of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And this is what he's talking about when he says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It's setting the mind that you're going to do what's right and you're going to not hold on to a material possession over spiritual maturity. Hey, listen. I got news for you. Can you take it with you anyway? Can you take it with you? You can't take it with you. Amen. But I tell you what, the trade-off in God is teaching us to get our mindset on the Lord and don't let anything get us off. Don't let Satan bait us in our mind. Just... Do what God says, and you'll be blessed in life. Now, he says this again in verse 42. Notice verse 42. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. That's what Jesus said. Verse 41. Notice what he said here. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile... Go with him twain. Now, they had a law back in Bible days that if you were walking on the road and you were not carrying anything, you didn't have your family, you were just walking on the road, that a Roman soldier could stop you and compel you to walk and carry his load one mile back. And you had to carry his load. One mile. When that one mile was done, you were done with your duty. You could set his load down and continue back on your way. You'd be a mile out and a mile uh, out of your own way. But he said, don't just give him one mile, give him two miles. Walk with him two miles. Can you imagine what that Roman soldier would be thinking if you went one mile and he said, you know what, I'll help you another mile. He knew that you would not legally have to do that and that there would be nothing in you that would want to do that, to carry somebody else's load. But what's he saying? He's saying there's a, there's a spiritual maturity here of just wanting to please the Lord and a mind that's set in that direction. You know, I find this not to be easy even in my own life. How many times do I catch myself busy and on my schedule and, and somebody calls or something, a need arises or a trouble comes up? And, and in, a, in my mind, I think, I don't have time for that. It's, it's a picture that I'm, I'm not spiritually perfect yet. And 
And my mind is not always where it better be. So God's teaching us this. And he wants us to accept it in an obedient heart. Say, Lord, I'm yours. Now, notice verse 43. Verse 43. Uh, here's a good one. Yeah, you have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy, hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good for them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. God said to love your enemies. Now this word love is the word agapao, which means to love in a social or a moral sense. You know, it means, it means when uh, your neighbor, the trash falls down in the neighbor's yard, it means you go help them pick it up. It means a willingness to take of our own time and our, our own effort to love in this sense, which is um, in a social or a moral sense, according to Strong's Gordons. And the word hate in this passage means to detest. And, and, and so the Bible's teaching us here that we ought to love our enemies, help our enemies, be kind do good to those that are our enemies. He didn't say it'd be easy, but he said, be that perfect person. Be that mature person that I want you to be. And then he talks about verse 47, and this interesting verse. I'll close on this verse, but notice it says here, and if you salute your brethren only. What do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Now the word salute, I looked up the word salute, and you know, I'm thinking it means salute, maybe a, a greeting or respect or honor. You know, that's not what it means at all. You know what it means? It means to put a hug on them. It means to Embrace them like in a greeting, like, oh, it's so good to see you. And, and so the point of the passage is, he's saying, if you salute or you just love, you greet your brother also. He said, even the publicans, they go to their friends and greet them too. He says, why are we different? Why are we different? Why should a Christian be different than the world? And the difference is this key of setting our mind like Jesus. That no matter what comes against us, no matter who fights against us, no matter what battles us, that our mind is like Jesus. Where he faithfully endured the cross. The Bible says he even despised the shame but he fulfilled the will of God because his mind was set to be what God wanted him to be. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a challenge for all of us. That's a challenge for us in life, to live this kind of life. Can I tell you what? If we get a hold of this mindset, I think it will help our homes and our marriages. I think it will teach us that 
Because I'll be honest with you, I like to take care of me better than I like to take care of anybody else. Now, I know not, none of you have that problem in your life, but I do. And, and it's human nature to want to wanna take care of ourselves, but it's maturity, spiritual maturity, to lock in our minds to say, I'm going to be something for somebody else. I'm going to be what somebody else needs me to be. And it's not easy, but it's God's command. Again, he doesn't give us the choice in it, does he? He doesn't say, well, in about 20 years, you'll, you'll get a hold of the principle. God gave us that command. He said, be ye therefore perfect, be mature. And, and by the way, he wouldn't command it if we couldn't do it. Right? We don't serve an unreasonable God. We don't serve a God who gives us a command, but also does not give us the ability to do it. We have to conform our will to his. We have to say, Lord, I want to be like you for that to grow. And you know, we feel like that's a loss. But in God's eyes, it's a gain. It is victory. It's a victorious Christian life to live a mature Christian life. So let's go back to that number that I asked you about. <laughs> Would your number change? Would it go up? Or would it go down? And I want to tell you something tonight. Let's let that number go up. Let's let that number go up in our lives. Let's be that Christian. And, and even if we haven't got the victory of it, let's strive to be that. Let's do like Paul. Let's press toward that mark. Let's say I got my mind set. Maybe I stumble or fall or fail or lose track, but I, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep my mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to put my focus on him. Be therefore perfect as your father therefore is perfect.